So hi everyone, I'm here with Sarah Lambert today, who's the uh, Key Account and Sales Manager for Policy and Practice. So, so welcome Sarah, nice, really nice to see you again. Um, um, so, so, so we were chatting a little bit earlier, I suppose, earlier early in the month, um, and a little bit about some of the things that you've seen. So throughout all of the pandemic in terms of the policy and practice and some, some of their, um, some, some of their, their products. Um, so, so how's, how's the pandemic been affecting um, your clients and what you've seen and some of the changes that have happened over the last what, what six months, nine months now? Yeah, as a business, we reacted um, very quickly to the pandemic because we're a socially minded business. Mm. At the heart of the whole of our organisation is ensuring that people are receiving support they need and what they're eligible to receive. Um, as you know, Chris, we have our benefit calculator on gov.uk and we saw usage in the start of the pandemic double and then double again. Mm how many people were being affected and were concerned about their income, their employment status, furlough, and what that was going to mean to them from a financial and a welfare point of view. Mm. You know, we work with a lot of local authorities and we allow local authorities to be able to understand which of their residents need more support. And throughout the pandemic, our clients and our reactions with our clients and working with our clients has been about how we can target the support to them and ensure they're receiving everything they're eligible to receive. Mm. You know, we've got a, a new cohort of people that are about to face even more financial difficulty in the next few months. So as a business, we're trying to support our clients and the, and the people that they support as well to ensure that they're understanding what they're eligible to receive. And, and throughout the, the pandemic, I mean, benefits has been talked about a lot in terms of, I suppose, delivery of benefits, as well as, you know, people claiming benefits and more people going on to benefits. Was that was that reaction from, um, from I suppose, the end customer? Was that, was, that, was that pretty much instant or did it sort of sort of tail up sort of more slowly or was it pretty much instant you know it was like within a week or so of the I suppose furlough being announced and, and, and then yeah it, was, it we saw an immediate increase mm. uh, when lockdown started and furlough was brought in um, and immediate increase we 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 managed that throughout the pandemic we we saw a, a really big increase in the amount of people asking us questions about what they're eligible to receive and what should they do? And we worked tirelessly around the clock to answer all of those questions. And we loaded them as well onto our website so that questions that other people might be asking, they can find and they've got that resource tool to be able to understand what's going on, mm. where they can receive the support. And I think another thing that we need to consider and remember as well throughout this is we're seeing people now that have never, ever had to rely on the welfare system before and understood what they could be eligible to receive and how to tap into the system and receive that support that they're they're eligible for and that's something that's been key for us as a business is ensuring that we can provide the tools possible so that people can actually tap into the system but as we know there's still billions of pounds of money unclaimed in the benefit system even though we've seen a massive increase in people applying for universal credit. And, and how do you think that's going to 
sort of changing now, I suppose. We had the initial spike that came in, people look, looking on benefit and benefit claims coming through. Is that sort of moderating? Obviously, we've had what will be now like two two extensions of the, essentially the furlough scheme. We've had the payment holidays, which is sort of tapering off a little bit. But is it is it still the pressure on people or those people already in the system now? Is it, or is there is there new people entering in? Because um, we're not through the, the crisis, it doesn't feel like yet at all. No, we're not through. And as we know, furlough has been extended to the end of March. Mm-hmm. In April, it's it's fair to assume, and I think all of the clients I've been speaking with from financial services all the way through different types and industries is we're expecting another wave of people to come through that are going to be reliant on the welfare system. Mm-hmm. I think the key things to remember is we're going to be experiencing people that have never relied on the welfare system before. Mm. Removing that stigma of relying on the welfare system is key at this point in time. And also that the wider sectors for them to be able to embrace the fact that their customers need to build their financial resilience. Mm. And by that, it's about them understanding what, what can they receive, what supports out there for them, but also taking affordability to a different level and saying, okay, have you had to build a budget before? And if you do build a budget, have you got the tools within that budget to understand where you might be able to make some cost savings to help you through some of the trauma and some of the financial crisis that you're about to face? And I think that's key, and that's where we're seeing a lot of movement and shift in our client base and in the wider sectors. So let's remove those stigmas of understanding what you're eligible to receive in the welfare system and what can you receive, but also let's build a realistic budget and not just make this about an affordability statement, but about a holistic journey to improve people's financial resilience. Mm. Know with forbearance and people taking payment holidays on their mortgages and their credit cards, a lot of people probably reacted in a shock because they knew that maybe they were going on furlough and losing 20% of their income. But if they may have had the opportunity to look at the budget exercise or an exercise in reducing their outgoings, would they have been able to actually make some of those payments mm. that have put them in a better financial position? And, and how do you feel about the, the I suppose the payment holidays? So certainly, so from a creditor point of view, I mean, there's there's there was a there's a big wave of volumes that that came through. A lot of people, you know, jumped on the opportunity to take um, you know, payment holidays really because they didn't know what was going to happen. In fairness, um, you know, we've now had that extended twice, but the sort of the, I mean, if you've taken the you know the full amount, I mean, pretty much your the credit bureau protection at least is sort of running out to to a certain extent. I mean, if you haven't used the full amount, then it, that still carries on. I mean, do you think? Do you think that's going to impact some some folks in terms of like decisions going forward? I mean, or do you think that well, maybe those people really are in financial difficulties now? And so so that protection, I mean, you you really need the help anyway. Um, you got thoughts yeah. on that? Yeah, and I think it's brilliant that the debt advice sector has really stepped up and put some additional measures in place to help those people. Mm. What's what's key with the forbearance issue is is allowing people to understand was the forbearance the right thing for them to do at that point in time? Mm. And and understand, okay, how resilient are we and were there other options that we could have made um, rather than take the forbearance? But as we're coming out of forbearance, it's just as key to say, well, okay, where are you now as a family? 
your financial resilience. Mm. Are you able to be able to cope now? Maybe those payment holidays are going to come to an end. And also, we've got to understand as well that we've got another shock of unemployment that we know is going to hit us. Mm. Understanding the new cohorts of customers. So a lot of people haven't been in this position before. So I'm not saying that they've been amazingly well off, but they've actually been able to pay their bills, pay their outgoings and have you know, a good quality of life. And it only takes one shock in the system and one shock within a family to create some disturbance to that financial well-being. Mm. And it's ensuring that those people can understand the tools that are out there to support them and how they can move forward to build their financial resilience again, rather than just take the forbearance and the payment holidays, but actually be able to build a, build a good financial, you know, portfolio of their own circumstances. Yeah. It's a little bit more sustainable and I suppose transparent around, I suppose realistic around sort of where, where, where you know, what could be done sort of going forward. Um, so there's a lot of talk and you see, read the news around, you know, uh, redundancies um, in, 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 you know, in, in, in business, I suppose, in the economy. And so that seems to be sort of gradually increasing. It was quite low to start with, but it's sort of gradually increasing. And it seems like every day it's sort of gradually almost like the tide coming in is sort of coming coming through. Um, how much of a shock do you think we're, we're, we're in for? Um, and sort of when do, you, when do you think that's gonna kind of come through and from an unemployment point of view? Have you got a sense around that from, from what you're hearing from your customers, or your clients, I suppose? Um, we, we know that furlough ends March uh, and we're gonna see some more businesses fall away and not be able to cope and that's gonna impact on the level of unemployment and redundancies. Mm. The government reacted really well as far as putting three billion pounds into the job restart schemes such as CARES. And we know that all of the, the you know, welfare to work providers are working really hard to ensure that they're ready to be able to support those waves of people. I think that's really important that the government has addressed that issue. And we know that that financial support is going to be there. I think. Yeah, one of the, the most important factors is ensuring that people and families understand what support's there and ensure mm. we put that support in very easy reach for them so that they understand how they can access it and what they can do and how businesses can support them through that. Mm. A really important part of what we're about to see with the new wave. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's just when does it occur? How big is it going to occur? Um, and flow that and that flow through. Um, we've also got the breathing space changes coming up as well. Um, you know, the 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 the, debt, the moratorium um, that's that's coming in place in May. Um, do you have a view on how that's going to change the you know the free debt advice sector or even impact some of the creditors? And obviously, it's wider than just financial services as well. Um, any thoughts on any thoughts on that and the impact? You know, I mean, are people ready enough or you know expect expecting it? Um, how do how do you think that will that will flow through? I think if we if we talk about uh, people as in the consumer and the customer, they're probably not aware of it and they probably don't understand what that's going to mean for them. But yes, I do believe the sector um, from local authorities all the way through to debt advice have been welcoming this change mm. of breathing space. And as we know, breathing space has been in place in the financial services sector for a 30 day period. Yeah. And it embraced really well with the financial services sector and the debt advice sector, and it gave people an opportunity to get the support that they needed. 
So this extended breathing space that's been rolled out now and is due to come through is only going to help more people understand what support is available to them and hopefully remove the stigma and some of the fear about not being able to meet their obligations, especially with local authority debt, mm. and that their local authorities are there to support them, not just collect money from them. So the breathing states can't come soon enough, especially with the impact of the pandemic. And do you think having it all going through the, the insolvency service is going to sort of like make it more efficient um, in terms of like, because before rather than contacting <laughs> to the creditors directly, it was you go through the insolvency service, which is almost like from a central central um, control point of view. Is that going to help in terms of making it smoother to implement, do you think? Um, we had to have a platform to be able to deliver that breathing space. Mm. Um, and the insolvency platform is a platform that has the reach to be able to ensure that we have that deliverance of that scheme. So I think, yes, in that respect, it's a good platform for it to be delivered through and it to be delivered nationwide and to help as many people as it can help. Whereas if you were to use individual um, organisations to deliver it, I don't think it would have been as joined up and it mm. would have been delivered in such a co sort of coherent way as it's mm. going delivered as it is with the insolvency service. And there has to be some sort of efficiencies that come from it being centralised, right? Exactly, exactly. I think that's the right way forward, is to deliver it in that way. Um, and, and that works for the local authorities and the consumers and customers as well, because if you've got one platform for deliverance, at least you know you've got fair distribution and fair service being given to the people that need that support with the breathing I mean, certainly from, from my experience in, in financial services, I mean, you know, treating customers fairly, which has been a big thing in, uh, in, in financial services, has been a real, you know, it's been a real sort of like sea change, real eye opener in terms of like, you know, you treat people fairly at their moment of need, you actually, you actually come to better outcomes and it's the right thing for the business as much as it is for the company as well. Um, and I think that's been, that's been fascinating in, in financial services. Um, it's good to see it sort of like, you know, being taken a much more holistic approach, I think. Yeah, and I think it's now about taking it one step further. Mm. As you've said, and you've highlighted, financial services have, have embraced affordability, whereas affordability used to be kind of on your front end and on your origination and people taking out loans and mortgages and credit cards. And it's now utilised widely when people are falling into debt, whatever stage of debt they're in, affordability is key. Can they afford to make payments, whether they're being arrears or whether it's through default? And that's key. But I think now as a nation, we need to take that one step further. So it's not just about affordability anymore. It's about financial resilience as well. And what can you do to actually put that person in a better place financially? And I think one of those ways of doing that is to understand, you know, not just an affordability statement and an income and expenditure, as we like to call it, an I&E, but actually build a budget and look at any form of cost savings that you can make against mechanisms that are based on families within that same circumstance. So low-income families, how can you save money on a regular basis with some of the things that you've got going on outgoings? But also, are you actually receiving everything you're eligible to receive as far as support goes? Yeah. It's, it's a, a great thing now that we're seeing 
other industries moving into that realm of we want to actually try and improve the lives of our customers not just do an affordability statement and i think that's key because the money they can receive from additional support schemes could be the difference to them being able to pay some of their household bills or not being able to remove some of that stigma and that stress off their shoulders mm. it's going to be quite interesting to see how that sort of again goes across the different industries so certainly play, you know some industries like water industries an example that they they've done some of that because everyone has a water supply and yet you can see some of those things sort of like you know gradually expanding across other industries even back into financial services as well um, in terms of some of those tools and stuff i think the water industry in all fairness um have been amazing because mm. We have our water shore, but each water company has come up with their own social tariffs for their customers that understand the customer's point on where they are financially and, and as a family, and they've put schemes in place to support them. And, and they actively promote those schemes within their customer base. And I think that's a fantastic example of we don't just want to do an affordability statement, we want to actually yeah. help give you additional support yeah. you know they're one of the industries that's done that for so many years and they've done it so effectively and they're continually improving those schemes as well mm. i think it's time that all of the other industries do that as well and we know the energy industry are also now offering additional support to customers that are in need and it's good to see that financial services are now starting to also look at doing that as well so as i said not just about affordability but are we putting you in the best place financially? Yeah. Is there additional support and guidance we can give you to improve your financial resilience? Yeah. And I, I certainly, I was impressed with some of the stuff I've seen in water. Um, you know, you can sort of start to see, and that's a best practice from there that, that other places can sort of like can, can learn from, just like it you know happens in, in other ways around as well. Um, you talked quite a bit about stigma and debt, um, and there was there's a piece I think coming out recently around even just like the stigma around losing your job. I think is is sort of fading a little bit as well. So, um, you know, I think you know, throughout the whole sort of COVID crisis, I mean, one of the things it's sort of made us do in some ways, I kind of feel is, is be a little bit more human, a bit more transparent around some of the issues that are actually taking place, which in some ways is, is probably going to be quite a good thing. Um, and I think that the, the other comment that was that was made to me uh, a little bit earlier, actually, was around, you know, you know, the other thing is, I mean, as collectors, you know, a, a lot of us it can be quite difficult to actually sometimes empathise with people with financial difficulties. And I think one of the things that's probably a good thing that's happened for, uh, for, 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 you know, throughout this crisis is you just got a much wider understanding around financial difficulties, people being in financial difficulties, and hopefully that makes us a bit of a, you know, a more understanding society really as well. And I think I think there's those wider societal elements that are sort of underplay here, I think, a little bit as well. Um, hopefully we come out as being kinder. Mm. I think it's it's about, yes, let's remove that stigma, but let's also give people the tools to support themselves through those changes in their circumstances. And it's, you know, it's fantastic that we're removing that stigma, but it's still a massive shock to any family if we lose one income from that family. Mm. And, you know, you're still going to go into almost a panic mode of how mm. I and to cope mm. it's understanding that at a family level and ensuring that you've given that family all of the tools that they need to be able to cope with that change mm. feel able to reach out 
to the support that's there available for them and for businesses to widen their support net for those mm. people. Um, so traditionally, you know, people will go to their local CAB and we've got amazing debt advice charities. You're still going to have a lot of people that have never tapped into those resources before that may want to do it in a digital way and in a faceless way and be able to tap into resources online to support them and understand what they're eligible to receive. And that's where we've seen some great work being done with our clients and prospective clients and people that we've always worked with and with our research as well, is that it's about putting the tools in place so that people can put themselves in the best financial position possible to help them through this and get them to be able to return to work and build a more stable future for themselves. Yeah. So we just we just come out of like another period of uh, restrictions and lockdown across across a lot of the country. Um, I mean, where, where, what are you hearing today, and where, what's your what's your outlook for the for kind of the future? Um, you know, let's say say the next six months and you know into the new year. Um, optimistic or you know realistic? I mean, how, how do you feel? I think we've we've still got some shocks to come. Um, I think April's going to be a difficult month. Um, we know that we've got other retail sectors and hospitality sector are going to be facing further hardship and further unemployment is going to happen through there and further redundancies. Mm. Fortunately, statistics do show that low-income people and low-income households are going to be more impacted by that because they tend to work in sectors. Mm. So actually people that were already not in the best financial position are going to be impacted by future challenges mm. that are going to come at the end of furlough. Um, and that's going to be something that's that's going to be very difficult for a lot of families. And it's it's we've got to ensure that those families are supported as much as possible. And as we know from the spending review, the government are putting sort of three billion pounds into the pot to help people back into employment. They're putting another three billion in to help local authorities to deal with families that they 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 you know they look after and that need their support mm. hopefully they get all the support schemes for their council tax and housing allowances and eligibility for other support but you know unfortunately we do know that the majority of the people impacted will be people that were already living in a and not in poverty but they were low income households mm. We still need to put as much importance into families that weren't low-income households that may have higher outgoings because they've had good salaries coming in and are now going to face a shock financial mm. and loss of income. And it's ensuring that those families are dealt with in the same way and given the same level of support. So just because they were earning a higher income doesn't mean they've still got the financial resilience they used to have. And their outgoings are probably higher than mm. other families. And then suddenly having one less income coming into the family could plummet them into a really dire financial situation, which could impact their mental health as well. Yeah, it's spiral. As a nation that, yeah, it's we don't need to just look at this from a low-income household or people that were already facing poverty, but we've got this new wave of people coming through that don't know how to tap into those resources and may not feel that they should or they can. So addressing those, I think, is just as key addressing the, the families that we've always tried to support and look after over the past few years. 
it really does feel like it's a you know it's a it's a new world the, the you know the population is being cut and stretched in different ways um and it's i know it's an incredibly difficult time for for some folks i mean i mean that's 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 for sure and, and it's good that there are there are services out there to really try and help people i think um you know i think um we'll have to see how the next the next six months six months kind of plays out i think yeah yeah i think you know, I think we're seeing stories on the news every day um, of, of, you know, I think I saw one on the news a couple of days ago, that's someone that was a pilot that's now, you know, delivering groceries because that's the, that's the role he could get and he wants to be able to pay his mortgage and stuff. So I think the one thing, if we can say, you know, it's something good coming out of the pandemic is we are removing those symptoms and we are understanding that, you know, we're, we're all only one crisis or one problem away from facing difficulty in our lives mm. and I, as a nation we're kind of coming together more with those crises and with those problems and i think that's only a good thing so pandemic's an awful situation for everyone to be in and it and it's had horrible impact on us as a nation um but i think it's made us understand people slightly better if it helps us become kinder as a nation then i think um you know be more transparent or honest about where we sit financially, where where we, you know, what are some of the drivers and pressures that we have? Um, you know, I mean, that would that would that would be a, you know, a, at least something as, that was that's come out from it in terms of you know better outcomes for folks. So, so Sarah, thanks very much for making the time. It's very um, very interesting to chat with you, uh, hear what's going on a little bit on the front line in terms of like you know the the pandemic situation and how it's sort of causing you know financial difficulty for many people really so uh, so I really appreciate you making the time and thanks very much for agreeing to chat to me no it's good thank you very much Chris take care okay thanks bye, thanks. bye.